0: And be sure to add our podcast as How Did You Hear About Podco. Remember, add Conversations with Toy for the How Did You Hear About Us section. Happy Friday. You know that it's Friday. We're always here for Fridays because Fridays means that we have made it through another week and not only have we made it through another week, it means it's time for our podcast episode. We have an amazing, amazing co-host today. Yes, we have a guest. Her name is Miss Cindy Wong and she is, first of all, amazing. I can't wait for you to hear um, the rest of the episode. We are talking about entrepreneurship. We're talking about women entrepreneurs. We're talking about just being really just a boss and handling life, um, learning to put in routines, people. I know that we have been winging it at some points of our lives, right? Winging it is interesting. You can do that when you're, you know, younger, you're a kid, you know, you kind of just go with the flow. But as you get older, you realize very, very simply that putting routines in place are super, super helpful in helping you to become successful. So we have Sydney Wong. Sydney Wong is an author as well as a founder and CEO of Venture X. Her literature work is written under the pen name of David Adams, and it focuses on helping others be more productive and efficient. Sydney's successful journey of her professional accomplishments have been shaped around one thing, balance. She likes to do yoga and cook to relieve her stress and take a break from her work life. Her core values consist of excellency, altruism, drive, and all of which have helped her be successful. With the current events happening and the world being on lockdown, Sydney has been committed to helping others stay on top of their game by coming out with a book called How to Have a Good Day. It guides individuals on how they can help keep up their routine while being stuck at home. Furthermore, she shares her best practices on her medium blogs and through guest, guest post, guesting on podcasts, just like ours, and share her values of excellence, altruism, and drive. All of that to say is that she is amazing. She is such a calm demeanor. I can't wait for you to hear her. And not only that, I want to be very mindful that... We have to learn that when we start surrounding ourselves with people that are coming in with these tips and tools, you better take a hold of that. We are trying to bring you the most excellent podcast that we can. And for my ladies, my women entrepreneurs, my women bosses, not to say that this is not for men, because listen, there's some tea, there's some, there's some some nuggets of wisdom that anybody can really grab. And you don't necessarily always have to be an entrepreneur. But there's something to be said about women entrepreneurs, because listen, the world is already set up for men to just come in and do their thing. But women, we have a harder fight. That doesn't mean that it's impossible. We do have a harder fight. So I'm so glad that we have Sydney here. I want you to take a listen. Listen in on those nuggets. She is dropping them. Get yourself a pen and a paper or replay this episode again. And most importantly, go ahead and grab her book, How to Have a Good Day. I'm going to share that information in the notes so that we can all have a better day. And not only that, why wouldn't we want to be better today than we were yesterday and be better tomorrow than we were today. So thank you, Sydney. Let's get on with the episode. And, uh, to our conversations with toy, um, fans, our members, our community. I love to call you guys community, not fans. We are a family here. Today we have Sydney Wong. She is here to talk to us about all the goodness that she has with being a woman, an entrepreneur, a boss. I'm going to give the floor to her and then we're going to talk it up.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am really, really excited to to be here.
0: Thank you so much for taking this uh, time to speak with us. We know how busy everyone is. And so I don't take lightly that people are doing what they need to do for, you know, to build their businesses. And one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk to you is there are so many ups and downs with being an entrepreneur, period. And then when you put that into being a woman and a female led, um, you know, just, a boss altogether, but just being a female entrepreneur, what are some of the things that you're noticing when it comes to self-care and how women operate in their business? First of all, just tell us quickly about the things that you've been able to accomplish in your own business.
1: Yeah, so um, so my, my story uh, started a few years ago when I um, had a friend who said if I was very interested in learning more about tech and startup, then I needed to move down to Silicon Valley. At the time I was living in Montreal, Canada. And so I bought a one-way ticket And I moved down there and I moved in with him and I was there for uh, as long as the visas would allow me to be there before asking me to politely leave. So I got to meet a lot of great um, entrepreneurs, I got to meet a lot of great investors and then I wanted to build a, a product that would best help people with funding, to best help people reach their ultimate, you know, life goals and dreams. And I thought that that was such a wonderful thing. And I noticed that people were having a lot of trouble at the early stage, like just how to get started, how to get your first investor, how to get off the ground, how to build a product, how to get testing and all of these things. So my product, VentureX, what it does is that it helps um, entrepreneurs um, using their KPIs, their key performance indicators, get best connected to um, the different investors that are within their criteria. And so then um, fast forward a few years, I've now started my own angel fund. It's a $10 million fund here in Canada. And we look for American and Canadian entrepreneurs. And uh, then the pandemic hit, right? So it shook every industry to its core. Everything that had small problems became big problems. Everybody had to shift their daily routines, um, go back to working from home or just go to working from home for the first time, taking care of their families. And there's just been a lot more uh, pressure when it comes to female entrepreneurs and just women in the household in general. In December of 2020 in the US, 100% of the unemployment were all women. I didn't even know that could possibly be a percentage, which is insane that that's possibly a percentage. And it is. And it's been more affecting uh, women, especially women of color and of a certain class within, you know, North America than anybody else. And even during the times of hire, it's been actually more white males that actually went back into the workplace or went back into entrepreneurship faster than any other demographic. And so um, what was unequal what were spaces and what were small problems before or problems existing in different scales have now been magnified because of the pandemic and that's why I really wanted to write this book How to Have a Good Day because I saw that there were so many people that were struggling when they made these big shifts in their lives due to no you know no issue of their own but just due to what was happening in the world and safety reasons and then had to deal with so much more on their plate than they ever thought was possible and so my idea was to contribute something to people that they can go back to whenever they need it's only a 50 page book so you can go back to it whenever you need um, for pick-me-ups or for you know tips and tricks and for just getting back onto a new routine that may not be something that you're used to but maybe something that you can use to bring you resilience now
0: My biggest um, question for you is, especially when it comes to female entrepreneurs, and you're talking about, you know, a lot of startups don't always have that support. I had attended a a conference and they were talking about how when men go into, you know, into a meeting, they have no problems with that ask. They have no problems whatsoever. What do you think is the biggest issue when it comes to women? Um, And they want investors, but they're either afraid to either, ask or they're afraid that they're either sometimes they're lowballing themselves because they don't feel like they're, you know, they're going with a number and then they'll bring that number almost by 20,000% or so down. So how, how are women, how should women approach when it comes to even talking to an investor? Like, how should they even approach that?
1: Yes, yeah, so that is a great question. And just like the way that it is in any male dominated industry, investment and entrepreneurship is no different. There are not just issues when you get into the room, there are issues before you get into the room, there are issues after you have gotten to the room. There are actually problems every single step of that process, which makes the number of eligible female entrepreneurs and eligibles really put in quotations. Um right very, very, very small or almost non-existent. So unfortunately there are funds all around, you know, in every country that are supposed to be women's funds, women's equity funds, women balance funds, and they're actually not giving money to women um, because of all the issues that, that are in the system that has never been fixed, right? So they're not really getting um, all of the, the the potential that they there really could be. They're taking money from female investors to give to men. And so and and these are called, you know, women's, uh, whichever kinds of funds. And that's kind of absurd. So let's start from the beginning. So what happened when you didn't, you know, go to that networking event, you didn't get invited to the dinner, you didn't get invited to the golf course, or whatever it is, where you would then know about these opportunities? What is it that you can do, right? So there are definitely a lot of things that you can do. But The truth of the matter is it will take a woman a lot more energy than a man to get to these opportunities in the first place because they're not initially even counted for. And even as an investor, we're not always counted for um, all the same opportunities as our male investors. And so we do have to fight back. I recently had a conversation with uh, my like bigger partner in our angel fund who is very understanding of course um that he understands that i am wanting to find more females i'm wanting to um invest in people that actually look like the country that we represent and in the technologies and systems and projects that speak to that right and so then when he said well why don't you find more french speaking um because it's the area that i live in um projects that we would fund and I said, well, because they don't actually hit our other nine criteria, that was the reason. So why can't I take my initiative and find anything that I want as long as it hits your criteria, whether they be men, women, people of color or anything like that. And so having to, to broaden those conversations all the time is an issue. And uh, for people that are not speaking up for those who don't have a voice, There's already an issue there, right? Um, If you can go to as many opportunities as possible, that's fantastic. Show your worth, show up. Showing up is definitely the hardest thing. And then when you are getting the the referrals and, and everything, you know, are you asking for them? Are you actively asking for them? Do they know you're even fundraising or do they think you're just doing this project on the side and how big is it you know what are you doing are you telling people your revenue numbers oftentimes actually when women pitch to me and they're asking for funding they don't tell me how much money they've actually made which is crazy because if you don't tell investors how far along your project is um, or how much revenue that you've made in the past year they're going to think the number is zero because they can't assume any other number you know and so you know, stick to the hard facts, stick to all of these, uh, these things that generally women are not taught to talk about. We're not taught to talk, taught to talk about our salary, our revenue percentage, our growth our all of these things. Right. But talk about it in a way that, um, that you want someone else to actually know the information and can do something useful to help you. They can have so much want, but without enough proof, they can't really help you push that envelope either, even if they are really big supporters in equality and in this industry, right? And right. Then, then after the fact, uh, after you get out of the meeting, right, then then what happens? Well, you are compared to other people that uh, have also pitched. But one thing that I have noticed in our industry was that women get asked three times the number of questions, pitfall Mm -hmm. questions, as men uh, to get the same investment, even if they've made 16 times the revenue. And then this is just actually from the past year, like the examples that I've seen and the ones that I'm thinking of. And this does happen everywhere, right? So the most outrageous uh evaluation that i think we've seen or that's been asked of of me was 37 million dollars for seed round the average is like two million dollars so 37 million dollars at pre-revenue and that means they don't have any revenue they have zero revenue and um you know these men are telling me this is actually a very conservative number i'm like well good luck with
0: that yeah good luck with that
1: but they don't at all think that anything is wrong because everyone around them has told them good job, Mm. right? And they have that confidence to be like, we are definitely worth this much. We have done nothing, but this (laughs) is what you should give me. And this is what, um, what we are worth. And just so, you know, we're giving you a good deal. And, and it's like, you don't have to present yourself that way as a woman, but you do have to understand what other people are asking for what they're looking for, and what your competition is kind of like, right, because it's always a numbers game. There are almost unlimited opportunities for funding, but each fund has a limited cap to begin with. So you kind of have to see um, everything that way as well. So you you got to like, yeah, so you got to have to see how you can then navigate through each of these steps and understand each of these obstacles to see, okay, where are my strengths and weaknesses? What's, who's my support system? Um, You know, how do I get to a yes? And um, you know, why are they asking me these kinds of things? How am I navigating it? Um, And and all of these things. And there are some, there are some who are, who will look at someone and never say yes when they walk into the room. And there isn't a lot that I think anybody can do about it. It sucks, Um, but they may never say that doesn't feel Like that's the person I want to invest in that doesn't feel like a president that doesn't feel like my next leader that doesn't feel like a CEO. Right. And so then people like me who have certain kinds of influences can then ask them, okay, well, can you explain to me what that means and why so uh, it's these kinds of things that provide it on both sides
0: how, and I, and I've been encouraging people. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast about people who they struggle with the whole showing up. When you said showing up, it's like a, a green light because you're not going to be able to get anything by not even speaking up for yourself. You have to be yeah. able to put that fear aside and really speak up for yourself. When I first started off my um, blog, I was like, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to put myself out there. And it's like, if you don't put yourself out, if you never take that chance, you'll never really be able to touch the potential of where you want to be. And I think yeah. that's one of the biggest things that people in general, but then, then you add in women are just afraid to take that leap because they're afraid of no's. I think early on in my, um, when I transitioned from being um, in, the, in the corporate world to stay at home mom, and then back into, you know, the blog, it was easier for me to, to jump because I had heard so many no's before when I had this, you know, this, uh, work gap because of me being at home. It's one of the first things that people count me out for, but I learned to turn that around because at the end of the day, I'm still able to, I probably can handle a lot more than people can in, in the regular office who don't have children can handle because I'm used to having 20 million things drop. And so that's what I would go into the door with. Like, even if you're going to tell me, no, this is why, if you're telling me, no, this is going to be on you because at the end of the day, this is the type of skill sets that I'm coming in the door with. But a lot of people don't turn that thought process around to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of, uh, You know, great ideas that are coming out of people who are in these marginalized situations that people have seen and people have, uh, well, they have actively marginalized them in the past. There was this great uh, a woman who's who's a little older now. She she wants her retirement project to be because she was a single mom who, um, you know, was in low income for a long time. Understand how is it that they are so unhireable when it's such a big sector, right? And so we were spitballing ideas, and I was asking her, okay, well, for example, our company. Have interns but we and what they're what the point of and the purpose is is that they are uh, learning new skills to uh, be experts in a certain area right so we have them in different sectors different functions of the business every corporation has that right. make this up right but what we did is that we had to adapt every company that has them have to adapt to the school schedules so what does your school schedule look like well they're available from May to August for this many hours, this is what is normally done, and uh, this is how other companies are doing it. But they don't have that for people that are trying to switch careers, right? right? So why don't you have that? What kind of adjustments do you need? What kind of child care do you need? What kind of flexibility do you need that are, um, you know, an intern that is always adjusted for the specific 19 year old you have in mind versus, you know, um, someone who is in their 30s, 40s or 50s. And why don't we have that? And why aren't we taking advantage of these things? But the best ideas really come from people from these diverse backgrounds on on purpose, which is why um, we need to provide uh, voices and we really need to start listening as a society.
0: Right. And I think that's the biggest thing, because, you know, I've had other women say the same thing. You know, I'm, I have my degree. I'm highly talented. I have the drive, but I can't get seen past my other set of titles that, unfortunately, I have to be able to balance And I think now, now that everyone is open to the idea of one working from home, because the pandemic has completely smushed that to a new perspective. All those companies that used to tell me, no, all of them had the ability to work from home now. And so now you're, you're looking at companies learning to switch. And a lot of companies are actually going to keep some of that, some of that going where they're going to allow a lot of more flexibility, which is great, but I'm hoping that it continues to go and not trend back to the way it was before because then there's this again this uh, amount of people who are left out
1: yeah yeah absolutely and and there shouldn't be we should be in a high functioning society where people aren't left out
0: right why are we leaving people out now when it comes to self care when it comes to one you have a lot of titles you have the book you're having all these wonderful Um, moments, but how do you balance yourself being that you're one, always on the go. You're always looking for the next thing. You're always, you know, your hands are always in some, some pot somewhere. How do you manage your own personal self-care and still be an amazing entrepreneur? Because people think you can only have it one way or the other, but it's a balancing act. How do you, how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, um, so that's a great question. So in my book, we do talk about how your success is actually in your routines. So I have a very strict and I'm very passionate about my routines. Uh, I have one for morning and I have one at night. So I get up around uh, six to seven in the morning, depending on the day. So I get up and then I have bring a cup of tea and as quickly as I can, I wash my face, brush my teeth and go outside. So why I need to do that is because I do need to immediately get out of my environment and um sit down somewhere and start journaling and reading and i write my two biggest tasks of the day so these are uh you know teachings from um leaders that I love and enjoy reading about, like Tim Ferriss, who, you know, does a lot of interviews with a lot of great leaders around the world. I really love journaling. Um, It could be top 10 ideas, like the the way that James Altucher does it. Yeah, I think he does a TED Talk about it as well. It could be about your top two tasks of the day. Um, If you just have very simple, um, set laser focus accomplishments, then all the other distractions can come, but you still have this at the top of mind and you should always be thinking about it at the beginning of your day. Um, and then at night, I have an evening routine. So I am naturally a really bad sleeper. So I have all of these mechanisms for sleep. Like I have weighted blankets, I have uh, <laughs> oil diffusers, I have so much stuff. I have everything that you could possibly want for uh, for a bath, um, like a whole store of stuff. And so um, I like to take a bath. And I was told that taking actually a slightly colder temperature bath is something that lowers your heart rate and helps you relax a little bit better. Okay. So I thought that was really um, interesting. So I do that. Um, I also uh, do meditation in the bath, uh, actually. So then, even if I'm not good at meditation, at least you still took a bath. You still
0: got something accomplished. Right. And, uh, well, and you and I are one and the same when it comes to those gadgets. I, I yeah. have like the blue light. I got the sleep thing going on. I got sound going on. Yeah. You have the weighted blanket. I've had the weighted blanket for about a little over a year and, oh, I, and I, I have to have it like, have, I have, to, have, exactly. to have now
1: it. you can't like not have it. And also like, you know, you're getting stronger every night too. So yeah, because that thing <laughs> so is heavy. That. Yeah, it is heavy. It is heavy. And, um, And then um, my favorite thing to do, actually, every night before I go to sleep, I do a gratitude journal. It's just three points, and I title it 24 hours, so then it has to be something that's a little bit different than last 24 hours, right? And it's always something that is uh, external to you something that you're appreciating um, outside of your body, outside of your uh, general kind of vicinity, right? Uh, You could be grateful for things in nature, for something that uh, other people did or inspired you uh, for doing and and all of these things in between. So these are the kinds of things that I found to be very simple, but very, very helpful. Um, In the book, there are a lot more other ones, such as um, setting out your clothes, the night before. Um, so then you don't have a lot of decision fatigue by the time you actually get up because that's like your biggest mental bank. So you don't want to be diminishing those kinds of things. So you can pick and choose different kinds of ones that work best for you. But the important thing is to keep it regular and to keep it a routine. That is your key to having your successful days.
0: What do you say to someone who is not necessarily a person of of routines, although they should, I, I, even as busy as my life is, and it can change and vary every single day. I'm very much a routine person. And, um, I definitely have a journal, my gratitude journal. I'm doing one for the whole year. And so what are you, what is your, 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 your push for someone who says to you, well, I'm not really a person of, of routine. So how do they get past setting up some small things that can get them to possibly a routine?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, everyone has different schedules, there are some people that of course even had to travel for like 30 40% of the year right. And it's really hard to do a routine when you're not in the same environment all the time. So one of the things that I've learned is that to actually package um, some things, such as if you are at home, you have a full size toothpaste right because you're at home. And then when you travel, you probably have a smaller one. So it's things like that, that you can bring with you, such as your sleeping mask, such as a small journal, could be a tiny journal, could be even a post-it note. And you can still do things like your 24 hours gratitude. You can still set up your clothes uh, for the next day, but the key is to really shrink it down to something called atomic habits. So atomic habits is a book by uh, James Clear that talks about little systemic things that are there to actually improve uh, your overall success and improve your, your overall day. And so that's the the advice that I would give is to pick the smallest possible thing, something you cannot fail in and uh, start there. So that's why I said if you don't have a journal, you don't like to do it, you think it's like super long or it's hard for you to do, then get a post-it. As long as you fill out this post-it, you have been successful for the day.
0: Right. And, you know, people, they don't like to keep things a little bit short. So that actually would work. What is one of an example of a time where you had a difficulty maybe in an office or with a colleague? How did you, how do you handle that? Because a lot of people, they really lose it when it comes to interpersonal relationships with other people. And once you start to add those things in, especially with, you know, being a business person, entrepreneur, um, some people are, are, are more inclined to not necessarily be direct or they try to not, They're not as uh, eloquent in handling conflict. So how do you handle conflicts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I try and handle conflict as first, usually as quickly as possible, just because you have so many things going on in a day. So I do try and be as direct as possible. This is the issue. This is how I feel. This is what I think a potential solution is. What do you think is a potential solution, right? It may not always come across clearly that way to other people because you cannot control how other people receive the information. That is not in your control. That is in their conditioning right? And in what they're used to. So um, whenever conflict kind of happens in terms of managing it yourself, um, it could be, it could cause a lot of emotional stress. So emotional stress is very different from financial or mental or psychological kind of stress, right? Every kind of stress for every person is affecting them differently. So you could ha- be really, really ignoring your financial stress and therefore it's not highly affecting you. And that's Fine and fair, but when it comes to I don't know an interpersonal conflict, you could be just off the rails all of a sudden, right? So um, one trick that that I've learned to do is, of course, going back to my journaling. Um, write out hey, what have I already accomplished outside of what just happened, right? What else happened in my day? Um, What really happened? So name the event, name the thought, which is how you felt about it, um, what you think a potential solution could be. It could be a pros and cons list. If it's a very complex thing, then just simplify it in a pros and cons list, right? Possible solutions. And if all else you still need to go and vent somewhere, then go out uh, away from your environment. So if you're in an office, like go outside or go into an empty conference room, wherever you may be and write it out like you are writing a movie, but the character is not you. So what that means is that, um, you are actually writing this as though you are doing it like a movie script. Right. And what's interesting about that is because you treat yourself like you're the best friend that's telling this uh, information to you, as opposed to you're the victim that is happening to or you're the aggressor or the aggressive, like whatever is happening to. So changing that kind of dynamic in the story really does help you see things from perspective. You would treat your friend differently. If it, if you would react differently, if your friend told you this happened to her instead of it happened to you. Right. Exactly. And so changing that, um, automatically takes a lot of bias out of the situation.
0: That does make a lot of sense. And I I'm, I'm definitely on that, on that page, because sometimes we talk to ourselves so lowly and we would never give that same advice to a friend. And we just, for whatever reason, we're a lot harsher on ourselves than we really need to be. And we feel like sometimes being harsher on ourselves is going to get us to become better. But
1: yeah,
0: it, that's like backwards thinking to think that if you're harsher on yourself, or if you don't give yourself enough grace to get through a moment or a day that all of a sudden you're going to be extremely successful. I, I don't think like that. I think we need to change that type of thinking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's always that, that great saying that uh, my professor used to tell me, which is there's your story, my story, and the truth.
0: And somewhere that, that, is, the, that is the absolute truth. How <laughs> or where can, um, is your book sold? I'm assuming in anywhere where books are normally sold, how can, they, how can our readers and our followers, our community get how to have a good day?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'll send you over the link. It's sold on Kobo uh, primarily right now. And, um, so you can check it out there. Please feel free to give us a review as well. That would be awesome.
0: Amazing. And if there's two takeaways that you want someone to take away, not just from the, well, from the book itself, and then just in general, what would those two takeaways be?
1: Well, I hope that people coming out of the pandemic would, um, Learn to create a new and resilient routine that works best for them, and I hope they all have good days ahead.
0: Can't can't uh, can't be uh, mad about that. Um, We want to just say thank you for one joining us today on our episode. We are super excited to have you. Can't I'm going to personally make sure I get that book for sure, and I'm going to put it in the show notes for anyone listening so that you can grab it as well. I want us to get better at how we manage ourselves because in order to be really honestly to be an entrepreneur or a great worker or however you're choosing to show up in life, you really have got to find a way to one show grace to yourself, but also be in a situation where you take care of yourself a little better. And I know for routines, that is such a great thing to try to know that you're doing the thing that is going to best suit you. And a lot of times we don't t- take ourselves that seriously in that. And if we want to accomplish anything, no matter how small or how, um, uh, small, how big that that goal is. It's going to come from a place of us taking care of ourselves and making sure that we do do self-care. And, you know, I hope that if there was something that ignited in you where you heard Sydney talk about something that you didn't think was a part of a routine and now you're for sure know that it is, be consistent in whatever that you're doing. Consistency, no matter what you're doing, is always going to bring a better reward than hit or misses. Um, Winging it in life does not work. Um, Being consistent and being thorough and being present is always what's going to come out the whole lot better in life than anything else.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Now, what did you think? Personally, I had my pen and paper going. Why? Why? Because we have to be very careful about how we treat ourselves throughout our day to be very specific about what we're choosing to do with our lives. So for me, or for you, or for anyone listening, if you were the type of person that wasn't really balanced and how you were thinking and how you were moving, let's become a little bit more balanced. If you are the person that didn't have a very tight schedule, and what I mean by tight schedule, I mean having a routine. You should have a routine. For me, I like to do things like, first of all, my bed has to be made. My room has to be clean. My space in my office has to be clean. The things that are around me has to be tidy because I personally cannot create in chaos. So for me, a part of my routine is to get things in order, making sure that the kids and things are in order so that I can then begin the process of starting my day and getting such things situated. I am, and I've said it in the podcast, you heard when she was talking that, when Sydney was talking that, for me, I have to sleep with my weighted blanket. I do have my blue light. I have the sound machine. I have all of those things. And I've been adding Calm, the the app, because maybe when you heard her talk about meditation, maybe you were saying to yourself that meditation is not your thing. And that's fine. But with the Calm app, and again, if y'all, if Calm wants to sponsor me, I'm okay with that. But I want to get people help more than having the sponsorship. So I'm going to tell you, if you're not used to meditating, Calm is your pl- your one, two to go to, and you'll be fine with that. They also have stories on there for children, adults, teenagers, everybody is included in that app. So I get to use it with my children as well. And I use that as a nightly routine because I have to get my thought process together. Also not watching TV that is too, you know, too much of, energy because I don't need to have my mind wandering about what's happening. And and I want myself to start the process of calming down. And my newest thing is to drink uh, some warm or hot tea before I go to bed. It's one of those things that kind of signals to my body that it is time for bed and it's time to slow down. Reading is another part of my personal routine. Reading helps me to gather my thoughts. And y'all know how I feel about journaling. Me and journals go way back. I have some of my journals all the way from high school, all the way until now that I want to be able to turn into a book. So what are your routines? What are the things that you're doing to ensure your success? What are you doing to be intentional? Like it's really just about intentional living. And I loved her introduction. When we're talking about balance, you have to be balanced to make things work. You cannot live this life going one way or the other, when you're complete balance, or you're as much as you can to be balanced, it will cause you to to run your business with poise. It will cause you to be um, excellent in what you're doing because you're balanced. You know exactly what you came to do. You know the steps by which it takes. And did you hear Sydney talk about showing up? I've been saying this for months, sometimes simply showing up and owning the room when I was struggling as a personal story for myself. So I was struggling with going, getting out into the world, speaking um, highly of myself, because you know, we're taught as women especially, women especially are taught to kind of dumb it down a little bit, to kind to just not speak of ourselves, not talk about the things that we're accomplishing. We're kind of just taught to kind of show up, look pretty, and all this other carrying on. Let me tell you something, when you walk into a room, You have to feel as if all eyes are on you and to take that energy and make mountains move. You don't have to know everything. You just have to know yourself. And I go into a room now with the confidence of, I got this. There's nothing that I cannot do. How, I know that I'm coming here for purpose. And I actually rehearse my purpose within myself to make sure that I know, why did I come to this situation? Why did I come to the Zoom to meet with someone? Why did I ask someone to come to the table? Why are we at the table? I'm at the table to get all the things that I can. And then very specifically, why I need to be there. So Sydney dropped a lot of those, those messages if you didn't hear it, but go into a room and own it. Don't, sh- don't don't, don't shrivel yourself down to make somebody else happy. Come in a room and own that. So be very clear. Showing up is important. I want us to thrive. I want us to be successful, but we have to have certain tools in our toolbox. Sydney dropped several tools in your toolbox. She showed us women how to come in and speak about what we're making why are we so in tune to keep all of this information to ourselves? You never know who's in a room. I walked into a room one time, didn't even know who was there. I was kind of like trying to research and figure out who was in the room at the time. But my gravitation didn't go towards where everybody else was looking. My gravitation said, I want to know who the president, who the CEO, who are the mo- movers and the shakers of that company. And I want to put myself in front of them because I want them to know I am here. I am here. I have purpose. This is my, this is my desire. This is my goal. And I want to know how you can help me to get to this goal. You got to have that mindset. Even when you go to even a conferences, now that the world is opening up and you're starting to go back into networking, own that room. Listen, if you're afraid, I've been there. I've lived that. But bring fear with you until the fear drops off. But never dumb yourself down to the point where you leave money on the table. Every opportunity is an opportunity to speak about your business. Every opportunity is to puts your name in somebody's ear. When someone leaves me, I want them to be like, I remember her. She is amazing. I loved her energy. I want to talk to her, find out what she's doing. That is the type of energy you leave when you leave your mark in a room. Every single time you kill it every single time. Sydney is amazing. We're so grateful for her. We're grateful for the things that she dropped today because we gotta, you know, we gotta make sure that we are doing our very best to put our very best out there into the world. No one is going to just know us just from, we're just existing because we're just, you know, around. We have to speak up. This is why when you use social media, you need to use it to bring businesses back, bring the customers back, bring them back to you, right? let them know why you're here, bring them into your community. Why should they be in your community? One, because you are, you have something to offer. So never forget that. As we end this podcast episode, as we end this Friday and start our weekend, just remember, get a game plan. Maybe you're not used to schedules. I get that. But get a game plan, write down your goals. What's your goals for the day? What are your goals for the week? What's your goals for the next few months? Where do you see yourself? You may not have all the answers to get you there, but you better figure out what you have vision yourself there and write the vision. Why are we so intuitive to not write the vision and make it plain, write it down. This is why vision boards matter. This is why being clear and writing things down matter because when you write it and you see it, you can own it then you can make the steps that are appropriate to get you to the place that you want to be. So I'm all about us getting places. I'm all about us being successful and I'm all about us making the choices that we need to make. And in order for us to do that, ladies, women ask, Men have no problem going into the room and asking for what they want. You heard Sydney say they could have no revenue and will have high expectations for what they want. So if you can go into a room where there's a man in another room and in that same room with nothing on the table, you better put your, your request and make it known. I'm so grateful for Sydney and I'm also grateful for you because if you're listening to this, I know you're getting empowered. I know you're like, let me get my life together. Let me write this down. Let me get focused. Let me get my ass together. And I didn't say ass ASS ask, get your ask together because you want to be able to know what it is that you want when you occupy space, when you're in a meeting with someone, when you're coming to the table. So I want us to do better on that. I want us to get ourselves together. We want to be women of excellency. And for men, we want to be excellent as well. Excellence is amazing. When you know who you are and you come into a space and you're just like, listen, I came here to be here to do this thing. I came with this intentions. My intentions are A, B, and C. Never forget that. Be clear. I want you to have an amazing day. It's Friday, right? You've earned it. You've worked hard. And if you felt like you didn't do as much as you needed to do, you weren't as focused. Don't worry about that. Change that up. What can you do for next week to become more focused? What can you do for the weekend to be more focused? And make sure y'all do y'all self-care people. Self-care matters. It's not just self-care Sundays. It's self-care every day. Those the way that Sydney was talking about her routine, that's still a form of self-care you setting your day and doing those things like journaling and, and taking those baths, that's self-care that's taking the time to put your mind in place and knowing what you need and what you want at a moment's time. And remember all of these things together is all about you becoming better and successful. Wouldn't you want to be? I know I do. So have a good day, have an amazing weekend. We will be back next Friday as always. And I hope that you again get focused. If you don't have a journal, go ahead down there and get you one. Go to a Target, a Walmart, a dollar store. It doesn't have to be expensive. Go ahead and get you a journal. If you want a gratitude um, book, you can take a regular book and start writing down your gratitude. You don't have to spend a lot of money or you can go and get an actual book that's dedicated for gratitude. I have a book. I got it from five below. It's a year's worth of gratitude. You write down what you're grateful for and you get to see over a year's time or over a day's time, over a week's time, the things that you were grateful for. Let me tell you something about gratitude. Gratitude can pull you from the most horrible place. Like if you're mentally not at a good place, just writing some things that you're grateful for will change your perspective. So make sure that if you want these types of things, go ahead and grab them. Don't spend a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of money, but it does take you being able to set aside and completing your goals and being intentional being a person about self care, knowing what it is that you need and making sure that you're not afraid to, to get them and then showing up for yourself and doing, and making sure that you're getting what you're asking for by being dynamic and coming into a room with all power that you already have and being your bomb self. So thank you, Sydney. I speak blessings to you. Let's go ahead and grab that book, how to have a good day. Again, that book will be in the show notes. So let's go ahead and grab that. Let's have a good day today and every single day. And I will see you again next Friday.